0: your home for gluten maximum diets. My name's Nathan, your most
1: cookie diet host. My name's Andy, your pickled host.
2: And I'm Pat, your hemoglobin based host. And we have a special guest today. We do the most special guest. Uh, So this is your sister, Nathan. Well, I would say that I am her
0: brother. But yes, this is my little sister who I hope to grow up to be like someday. Please welcome Lexi to the podcast. Hi, Lexi. Yo, what's going on? Hey. Hey! I'm always excited to add a new friend of the pod on, but I think this is the first person we've had on that's related to one of us, so I win. It's also the first person we've had on that wasn't invited by me. <laughs> that is true. Uh, Pat, you're, <laughs> you're falling behind here, bud. Ah, uh, well. So, we are actually doing this a little bit <laughs> weird, and I don't think it's, I like it when we, like, let people look behind the cur- curtain a little bit. We are recording this episode in sort of late October right now, this recording that we're doing right now, with the idea that it's going to be the first part of an episode that we record in late November, because we are all, Pat, Andy, and I, about to go on a gastronomical journey. Through time. I mean, Yes, yes. it will be through time. We will time travel the way that... Every person in history has time traveled very slowly and only forward.
2: And today we're talking about veganism.
0: What we'll be doing, uh, Pat, Andy, and I are all going to be going vegan for a month. And right now, I don't want to speak for you guys, I'm very, very not vegan. In fact, I'm about to tuck into a plate of bacon-wrapped meatloaf for the last time for a month.
2: So in the sense of like eating dairy products and animal products, like, yeah, absolutely not vegan. I mean, I've done vegetarian for a few short stints before and did bump into a few challenges, but uh, never vegan and particularly not doing the dairy part. Yeah, like the two of them combined, it it seems a little challenging to avoid. But the modern world is better for it than it used to be. Like we already were, uh, we were talking about how 20 years ago that this was a much harder feat to accomplish, and fortunately the world is sort of growing in this direction that makes it easier to do today.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you can you can download apps to your phone. Uh, you there there are specifically. Vegan sections at most grocery stores. There's specifically marked vegan items on most restaurant menus. Um, I mean, really, people like the food industry has made huge strides in uh, in availability and in uh, in quality of vegan plant based. Right. Plant-based
0: I think food. I think that's because they've learned that it's profitable <laughs> <laughs> because. I, yeah. I don't want people to think this is just pure nepotism on my part, Lexi. Could you uh, go ahead and explain some of your vegan qualities? What does that mean? Vegan traits? So... Vegan experience? Mini fact check. You remembered the word nepotism, Nathan, but you couldn't remember the word credentials. You're an idiot.
3: Mini fact check. plant plant eating uh so do you mean like like from when I went vegan how it was to to now or yeah we'll get into all that but how long have you been vegan now uh since 1995 so like 25 years which ages me pretty well
0: (laughs) that's why yeah Lexi and I were talking about like what it's like to go vegan and I have zero confidence when she says, "Oh no, this tastes just like cheese or whatever." Yeah, because she has no no basis. Yeah, I have <laughs> like, I
3: have th- I have very little reference any longer for what real things that you know <laughs> taste like because I you know I I that's gone yeah. out the window. And I was also a kid um, when I made that decision, so what my taste buds did then and what they do now, I'm sure, are quite different. Can you uh, –
1: what's the story? Like what – why did you decide to go vegan?
3: So I went vegetarian when I was uh, 12, and I I think it I, I, I actually was at a restaurant with my parents and saw uh, some roast beef. And, you know, oftentimes meat will have like what looks kind of like an oil slick from a parking lot in it with all the colors. And I was like, I wonder where that came from. And then that sent me down like a little rabbit hole of – oh, well, it's made of cows. Wonder why? And then, you know, like, oh, cows maybe don't want to be eaten. And so that was, like, what happened when I was 12. And then when I was 15, I met a very cute girl um, named Andrea who said, you know, why aren't you vegan? Yeah, she was, was, like, the only vegan I'd ever met at that point in time. And I said, you know, I love dairy and cheese. And she was like, read this book and, and gave me a diet for a new America. Which I read and um, scarred me pretty quickly. And then
0: I was <laughs> vegan from then on. So I wonder, do you think that would hold up today? Like, you haven't read it in 25 years, but like, do you think it's something we should recommend to
3: people? I think it's a great book, but I think there are easier ways to get the information now than having to read this book with like a lot of information, charts and graphs and whatever. Whereas you can just like watch a movie or, you know what I mean? Or YouTube. Not
0: to make us feel old, but. The internet is a thing now that was not a thing when you right. got that book in the
1: first place, so we old. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I and, mean, so I would say, I mean, I agree. I actually just over the last like year or so, um, so one of the, one, one journalist who I'm really into um, is Ezra Klein, and... He does, especially over the last maybe six months, has been doing a ton of coverage specifically over uh, the factory farming industries and and um, basically a ton of research and evidence about why taking on a vegan or at least vegetarian diet is better for you and better for the world. Yeah. Right. And I've always been a, a meat eater, not like obnoxiously so but i have never really been willing to give it up the closest i have ever been is pescatarian for a a, a few different multi-month stints um and i just it all the everything i've been hearing has been kind of chipping a little bit away every time at my willingness to buy into that and to keep putting that in my body
0: Hey there, everybody. It's uh, Nathan from the future. I'm just editing this episode. We asked a few fans and friends of the pod to give us their take on veganism. So throughout the episode, I'll be including some of the audio they submitted. We asked them to keep it between like 30 seconds and a couple of minutes. And after some pretty serious editing, we were able to get friend of the pod David's audio down to about four minutes from like five and a half. But we love him, and he's just so darn smart that I wanted to get the majority of it in there. So, bad news, if you are a fan of David and his ums and ahs, I'm afraid I cut all of those out for time. So, I'll try and put out a episode later that's just David's ums and ahs.
4: Anyway, thanks! So there's three pillars of veganism. There's the ethical pillar, there's the environmental pillar, and there's the health pillar. Now, me personally, I do believe in two of those pillars. I'm not currently vegan. I have been vegan. I would like to be mostly vegan in the future. I want to talk about the health pillar first, which is the one that I don't believe in. There will be a lot of vegans you will hear say that the vegan diet is sort of inherently healthy. And I will push back against that. The The vegan diet can be healthy. That is to say, you can be a vegan and be healthy. But being vegan doesn't automatically make you healthy. And being non-vegan doesn't make you non-healthy. I could talk more in detail about that, but... I've only got two minutes, so let me get to the other two pillars, ethics and environmentalism. Environmentalism is, in some ways, to me, the most important of the three. It takes 10 pounds of grain to produce one pound of meat. Meat is resource intensive, whereas plants are not. On that pillar, there are a couple animal proteins that are not super resource intensive, Mollusks, like clams and mussels, are not super resource-intensive. Crickets, interestingly enough, are not super resource-intensive, though most people in modern developed nations probably don't want to eat cricket burgers. Um, There are animal protein options for the resource-concerned consumer, but as a general rule, larger animals... Require a lot of input to produce output. So one of the reasons to go plant-based or vegan is just to care for the environment. On the third pillar, ethics is important to me personally, but it's it's not one that I'm super evangelical about. When I try and push veganism, when I try and encourage it, I'm mostly focused on the environmentalism. For me personally, killing matters. I don't... Spiritually I'm agnostic. It gets complicated to talk about this. So I'm eating meat right now. I am killing and I think that that's bad. But also life eats life and it's I want to be in a place where I don't contribute to killing things that have feelings. And 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 on the ethics point I think this is the most important aspect is that animals do have feelings. They have a personal, subjective, psychological experience. We know this through a lot of science. That's this. This is not really debatable. Humans are not the only beings that are self-aware. There's a difference between sentience and sapience. The fact that most humans can do math is not why we don't hurt other humans otherwise we would just murder people with severe mental disabilities that's not a thing that we think is okay so yeah a cow can't do trigonometry but you know neither can a lot of humans a chicken can't do logical philosophy but neither can a lot of humans But we do know that both cows and chickens have feelings. We know that they recognize other individuals. We know that they have long-term memories, that they can identify the familiar and the unfamiliar, that they learn and adapt to what they have experienced. And shouldn't those things be the ground of ethics instead of whether or not you're Einstein? And um, yeah, that's it.
2: Um, So Lexi, can you tell us a little bit about like, have you hit any challenges along the way? Was it, was it harder 25 years ago to be a vegan than it is now? Like, is there anything that you feel like you, you can't
3: do? I mean, I think it was considerably harder um, when I started. And I, I think that one of the reasons, you know, people say, Oh, it must be so difficult. And I think one of the reasons that for me, it's never was difficult is because I I couldn't drive when I went vegan so I never drove through McDonald's and was like I'll have a number three that never happened Mm -hmm. to me so I've always had to modify a menu I've always had to say you know can I do this without this or this with you know like I've always I've, I've never just gone somewhere and um done it in this quick and easy way which I think is what most of the people our age grew up with is they could just you know go get something easy and they're like oh it would be so hard to be vegan well it's not for me because it's it's it, it, kind of how I grew up, you know, I was vegetarian from 12. So anytime right. I was able to order for myself, I've always had to order for myself in that way. Um, But yeah, I mean the products that were available when I went vegan, I mean I, there wasn't vegan cheese. Ozzy from conference brought peanut chews, which were like this weird, you know, candy. You can still get them, but I was like, wow, this is great. But there, there wasn't like, you know, it was like there was like kind of like one veggie burger option and right. it wasn't even usually that wasn't even usually vegan it had egg in it so and you could see like carrots and peas and like you know well, vegetables And making
0: them for vegans they were making them for people who wanted to go on a diet correct you know, well like- and
3: they're or they're making them for vegetarians and you, you had never right. heard of a vegan like i hadn't met a vegan you know for i mean just forever i just didn't you just didn't no other vegans you know it just was like I was uh, like on a ship by myself in a little canoe but you know yeah There, I mean now they're like all these products that I really like which is kind of cool and you know super fun but it makes it makes things a lot more accessible and people know what it is and people know that it's also environmentally like impactful so I think different people who you would not have seen playing with veganism 10 years ago are.
0: Right. And so, and because you can go and get vegan sausage at the store, you know, you can get like, like burger, like I went and bought like a pound of impossible meat that looks like meat down to like the little like fat blobs in it. And like the beet juice looks like blood today at Target, you know, like it's, it's just way easier and the stuff is way better.
3: Which I have to say but, is a little bit scary because you sometimes think that you're eating something that's real,
0: right? When you and I—that's the scariest thing about always. <laughs> I think oh. this is the this mm. is a fun part of the episode where I think it's because I've talked about them on the podcast before. Uh, that is my nephew Milo in the background <laughs> uh, screaming his head off, and it's adorable. Um, so we're just we'll just deal with it. But I was actually going to make a suggestion. Um, I would like to talk about the morality of veganism in the second part of the episode. What I would like this part of the episode to be like is uh, if Lexi could give her uh, expertise to us uh, to three idiots who, for the first time, who are going to not eat meat or dairy or anything else from an animal for the next month. Do you have any, like, what suggestions do you have? For example, not to call you out, Pat, uh, you don't cook, like, from what I understand.
2: Uh, so that might be difficult. Well, like, really simple stuff, like, I'll cook hot dogs, or I'll cook, like, you know, can of ravioli. But not, not really, like, what you'd call, like, cooking.
3: Pat, heats. you can heat things up. You're yeah, good at warming, warming food. Yes. Well, and so, like, do you do a lot of fast food? I've been trying to cut down,
2: but um, some some fast food, yeah.
3: It, and if you – like, I try to not be that pain in the ass vegan. So, like, I can tell you what to eat anywhere. Even though everyone will say, well, there's nothing vegan there. Ah, eh, there's something vegan everywhere. It doesn't mean it's what you want to eat, but you can certainly right. eat anywhere. Like, I, I, I think it's kind of a fun, like <laughs> – exercise like pop quiz me let's go what can you eat and you know as we talked about it it goes with the the next segment of what do you consider where's your line of veganism right
1: right yeah Mm -hmm. and i think that's something that i mean we should talk about but we all need to be on the same page about what our guidelines are my other question is about being able to afford it and and where what are some tips that you might have in in line of nathan's request for for Veganing on a budget.
3: So I think the main thing with that, where people start saying, "Well, it's so much more expensive to be vegan," it's it's expensive to eat vegan if you want to eat like a meat eater. It's expensive if you want to replace every meal that you would typically eat with beef in it with fake beef, which is not the intention. If you switch the beef for beans, or you switch, you know what I mean, like. I think that that is the the misconception where it's like, well, I could I could never eat. That. Are you saying you couldn't get full cheaper? Like, and like that's that's like to me <laughs> right. um, where the where the disconnect is. It's like, okay, eat a salad. Eat you know like we eat like spinach with cannellini beans. We eat when we eat spaghetti. We don't put fake beef in it. We put cannellini beans in it. You know what I mean? Like we we still have the same level of fullness and I I mean higher level of nutrition. I would think but we're not putting the grease and the animal product into it. Do you know what I mean? So there's a way to sub everything.
2: It's more food prep, but it's um it's also buying more produce. Produce isn't like, you know, necessarily more expensive depending on what you compare it to, but it is more expensive than say like going and getting a a McDouble from from McDonald's.
3: Right. Agree. And so, I mean, like where, where somebody would get a McDouble, I'd probably get a a bag of frozen mixed veggies. Do you know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's just a, it's a different thing that you would buy. I'm still a very cheap person. Like that's, that's my state of being. So like, I'm still going to go for like a convenience meal and whatever. But I think that there is a way to replace things where you're not trying to replace them with something that is the comparable product. Yeah, it's not a
1: one-to-one swap.
3: Right, like, yeah, vegan cheese is expensive, but it's also not that delicious, so you're not going to eat it in the way you would eat regular cheese. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? You're not going to, like, slather something in in vegan cheese. Like, so, like, on a a cheese pizza, you're probably going to use four times the amount of regular cheese as you would to vegan cheese, right? Just because, you know, it doesn't necessarily melt as well. It doesn't necessarily taste as good. All of the things. And it's also expensive, right? So... Whatever. It's a ju- it's just a different way of using what you have. Hell yeah! And
0: <laughs> I was saying, Sarah's brother, my wife, my brother-in-law, is knows everything about meat. And so when we're at the store and we're about to buy something like some steaks or whatever, we'll call him up and be like, "Hey, what kind of steak should we buy? Um, like, does this meat like normally make a good take a good sear, or whatever?" And so I was telling Lexi, I think that's what I'll be doing to her for the next month or so. <laughs> like When I'm at the store, like, oh, man, I can get these beans or these beans.
5: This is Julie, and I've been vegan for four and a half years. When you go vegan, everyone around you suddenly becomes a nutrition expert. They think it's a restrictive diet. However, it's opened up a world of different foods for me that I never would have tried before, and I have a better appreciation of food. I eat less junk and more produce. And when I really need that occasional splurge, the vegan junk alternatives are amazing. I just had a blood test a month ago, and my levels were all fine. Protein, iron, calcium, vitamin B12, vitamin D, all totally perfect. But even though the food is great, veganism for me is about the animals. Animals don't want to die, and I've done just fine these past years without eating them. I went vegan for my health, but I stay vegan for the animals.
2: So so do you think that it's overblown the obsession that people have with like oh you're vegan are you sure that you're getting enough protein oh God. are you sure you're <laughs> are you sure you're getting enough iron like this and that like it, is it easier than what people uh, perceive
3: Yeah I think I think that for the most part you get everything you need from from the food that you eat as long as you eat a balanced diet right I mean I think that goes for any, any you know different kind of plan of how you eat, you can't eat just meat and expect to get all the all the nutrients you need. You can't eat, you know. Just you mean I can't oranges
2: like <laughs> I can't eat just uh, peanut butter and jelly. For or the
3: ravioli next month? in a can. You can't just eat that. You have to have other stuff okay. too. <laughs> well, Darn. And, and frankly, like so, I think for a lot of
0: people, it's a talking point. It's not an actual like issue. It's like, if you want to, like, school the vegans out there, you, <laughs> you go ahead and call them out, like, well, you don't have enough protein. And, and I think probably a lot more people, and I don't want to speak for you, Lexi, but you now have two very young children, one kind of young and one extraordinarily young that you're going to be raising vegan. And, my guess is a lot of people want to stick their noses into your business as to how you do that.
3: Yeah, and I, I and I think people have concerns about you know birthday parties at school and you know all the all of the things that you would think about which are the same things that I think about, right? You know, like it's not like I'm not worried about pizza day. It's just I have a different solution for what pizza day is going to be and I'll make sure that that our kids have something that's comparable, you know, like a a vegan pizza that they'll have that's there and ready or that is delivered and ready same with like if we think there's going to be a birthday party to make sure to deliver enough cupcakes for the kids in the class that would want that or you know what i mean there there are ways to do it where you don't have to go outside of like quote-unquote normal life um and you can still create the family that that you think is best for you know yourself the planet your kids whatever
0: well i know you have pediatricians that you go to with the boys on a fairly regular basis and you make sure over and over and over again like are they healthy do they need anything to, and you've gotten a clean bill of health over over and oh yeah and over and over again.
3: It, i mean and i think that's important and, and you see that a lot um in these you know vegan groups that i'm in where parents feel completely unsupported or well you're you know your kid needs to go on cow's milk and it's just there are these misconceptions and thankfully we have a very well-versed staff at our doctor's office who I question on how, like, it's like, what do you mean he could just be drinking almond milk at this point? Like, that's like, that, yeah. that's it. That's good enough. I don't need to like, I don't know, fortify it or churn some butter from tofu. Like, what do you mean? um And, right. you know, it's like, no, this is, the, you know, so it's nice to go to a doctor that kind of put our minds at ease. Also, instead of just you know, I see a lot a lot of people saying, you know, well, people are calling it child abuse that I won't give my kid dairy. And you're like, OK, cool. Give them McDonald's. That that's much better. You know, like it's like it's like so. So what you're vilifying me for is for thinking about the diet that I'm going to feed my children opposed to just giving them whatever seems natural. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm actually thinking about it before I give it to them. And that's where I'm bad. Like that feels maybe kind of a little bit screwy.
1: Yeah,
0: and my guess is the people saying stuff like that are the same people who call nine one one because they have to wear a mask into Target. Like yeah. some people's right. opinions are bullshit, and you shouldn't listen to them.
5: Right.
3: right, but I also try. I also try to make sure that I'm I'm hearing people. I take in their questions and I try to answer respectfully. Like I'm not I'm not the kind of person who's going to. I guess disrespect you or even, you know, just like gloss it aside, like okay, I'm happy to listen to you. This is why I don't agree. You want to talk about it and most of the time no they don't. They just want to tell you you're wrong and then move on. So that like that's fine. Like that's your prerogative and I'm into it.
1: One thing that we touched on but I think we need to revisit and kind of come to some sort of a consensus on is there are you mentioned like different kind of degrees of veganism if you will. Like where you draw the line with it and so can you kind of help us through that and and then we need to kind of decide how we're going to be doing this for the next month
3: so I think that um you know like different different vegans um kind of uh take things differently you know like I think everybody has I don't think everybody I think most people have some things that they're willing to not be quite as big of a stickler on. Like, I eat things out of shared fryers. You know, like, I'll eat French fries. Um, so, like, that probably had a chicken nugget in it one day, and it had my fries in it the next day. I don't think that that's not vegan. I don't think that that's feeding into the meat culture. Um, and I know we're talking about later, but, like, I am an ethical vegan. So, like, clearly if I'm eating French fries, I'm not doing it for my health. Um, and so, like, to me, that's, that's an acceptable... Compromise, I'm, compromise, right? So I'm happy with that, and I really like French fries, and that's just where I am. Um, which is why I'm a, you know, <laughs> not like a super skinny vegan either. And the rest of y'all can go to hell. That sounds pretty good to me. So, um, I think, I think that a lot of people eat honey that consider themselves vegan. I personally don't. That is, that is somewhere where I I, I avoid beeswax. I avoid I avoid honey, um, and that's just. It's not hard for me, and I don't super agree with the treatment of um, the bees in the process of it. A lot of them lose their wings. They also cut the wings off the queen bee. Our bees are also not—they're really? not in super good shape right now, anyway. So I don't really think we should be screwing with them. It's also like that honey is theirs. They didn't like make it for us. It wasn't like their jam. They were like, on, oh, let's make you some stuff." So, mm. um, whatever. That's That's a different thing. And I'm not particularly opposed to honey. It's just it's easy to take out of my diet, right? It's not something that I crave or want. Um, And I think that I think that I'm not opposed to white sugar. I lean towards sugar in the raw or anything like that. If we're going to buy it, I'm going to buy sugar that's vegan. But as a an additive in breads or whatever like that, I probably eat non vegan sugar. And can you can
0: you talk about like what makes can you talk about what makes white sugar So sugar is specifically often unmean? processed
3: on animal bones to whiten it to bleach it? Oh. So um and I mean I don't know how I like again I've been vegan for a very long time so I don't know how much that practice is even used anymore but I know that that oftentimes sugar is not considered vegan because of that. Um <laughs> And you know, there there are a few little there are a few little things like that where you're like, Oh wait, that? Like, you know what I mean? that you wouldn't that you wouldn't necessarily um, think about, but those are things that I don't you know, there I think one thing that uh, that I'm pretty sure isn't vegan that I use is Irish Spring. It's my favorite soap, it doesn't break me out, I don't get a rash, but it probably has beef tallow in it, which is disgusting. If you write the company, they won't say it does, but they won't say it doesn't. So they don't have to list it because you're not eating it, right? Gotcha. And so like, is there a likelihood that there's some amount of dead cows in my soap? Uh-huh. Is that absolutely disgusting? <laughs> yes, it is. But I've tried all the natural soaps, I've made my own soap, I've gone with all the things, and I just smell best with Irish Spring. I just do. Me too. Actually. It's good for it's good for my armpits, man. I like so I think everybody has like that level of like um, you know where they're willing to make a compromise.
2: So I think I think maybe pe- the word is out and people pretty much know that like gelatin is ground up horse hooves or you know like you can't eat Jello. Right. But is there is there something else in particular that like as newly embarking vegans that we we need to be careful of that might might trip us up like you need to really look at the fine print of
3: so i'll tell you it's one hundred thousand times easier than it used to be because a lot of packaging will say vegan on the back of it now like i've been reading ingredients since i was 15 years old and i mean i guess i started the first time that i brought home uh like you know that peanut butter that has the oil slick on top Mm
4: -hmm. like i
3: brought that home and when i was like 15 and i was like mom i got this because it's vegan and she was like peanut butter is vegan already and i was like it's called peanut butter. Like, cause I thought I was smart. Cause that's how stupid I was when I was, when I was 15. And so she was like, okay, so that's really when I started reading ingredients. I was like, Oh, I have to eat this grainy ass oil, peanut butter, or like, I can just read, you know, and see if like, so, so, uh, you know, that's when my long history of reading everything started. But a lot of times now, um, allergens, you know, any like milk products are considered allergens. So you can look for milk, um, eggs, they'll, and they'll be bolded at the bottom. Um, there are a couple things you need to also look for. A lot of times egg albumin sneaks into stuff. Like mini Laffy taffys you can eat. But big Laffy Taffies, egg albumin. Why? Why would you put that That's in there? Bizarre. I don't even know what it is. I don't, even, I don't even get it. Ooh, here's a fun one. Okay. Uh, Lay, <laughs> Lay's barbecue chips, the black bag, right? It's Subway.
1: Sure. Are you guys on yeah. board?
3: So those chips, vegan you know, by, by my standards, I eat sugar. Right. So, but if you look at the baked barbecue lace chips, chicken fat, why did you put chicken fat in it? What are you doing? (laughs) I don't understand. Mm. So it's the same thing where you can eat like You can sometimes eat like a steak and onion chip at a store, but you can't eat a pickle chip because the pickle chip has milk in it. Why did you put milk in the flavored (laughs) like pickles, but you didn't put like. So you just have to you just have to read everything I think is like sometimes gum has milk in it. Why does gum have milk in it? I don't understand. But that's usually the whitening gums. Fun fact. And sometimes milk or gum does have gelatin in it when they have like those little beads that pop and make your breath super fresh. Can't be having super fresh bath. No, <laughs> oh, well, dang. So yeah, there's there's a but uh, whey is probably w h e y is one of the biggest uh, things to look for, especially in breads or any kind of any kind of like baked product or something with like a flavoring on it.
1: Because that comes from milk.
3: Yeah, but if you guys yep. if you guys are are you guys can Nate you can start a text thread with all of us, and if you're like, man, I really want Cheetos. What's like a comparable? deliciousness. Right. Then I can, you know what I mean? Like if there are things you usually use. Okay. So what,
2: what I really need right now is, is there like a sorbet or like frozen yogurt alternative that's vegan? Cause that's, that's what I'm going to really need.
3: Oh, a hundred percent. So do you have a whole foods by you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pretty much anything that you want to get, that's going to be a lot of the, a lot of the uh, vegan, um, or, or like, I mean, some of them are just, non-dairy right and they are vegan by default they're not even they weren't made to be but then they end up being go to whole foods they have all the section and they have a lot of great junky ice creams too like with peanut butter and chocolate and cookies and crap in it that are vegan you can be all kinds of junk food if you want to that sounds great for me i'm here for you
2: (laughs) appreciate
3: it awesome any any other like
0: pro tips that you can give us before we like start
3: I think just think of it differently. Don't try to replace everything. Ooh, and follow Tabitha. Go check out. Go check out. Like just just Google vegan Tabitha. Like she's on Instagram. She's on YouTube. She's awesome. She does like these. Like she does all these rad recipes. Um. But and I I mean go into it with an expectation of the food isn't going to taste like what you. If you're getting vegan bacon, please don't expect it to be bacon. That's not its job. Its job is to be a delicious, crunchy, salty item. And it will I've be. Always, I've always enjoyed that they paint a fake fat strip
0: on the middle of vegan bacon
3: a lot. <laughs> Ours, uh, the one we use now is just straight pink. It's I think good. we eat the, the Light Life. There's also a good one called Benevolent. But uh, the one with the fake stripe is not vegan, Nathan. You have to read the packaging. It's got eggs in it.
2: Oh, wow. You already messed up.
3: Yeah, that's morning Morningstar. You already aren't vegan. It's day oh, one. Oh, damn it. Well, I haven't bought any of it. Yes, it's day zero. It <laughs> it's day zero and you're screwing up.
2: Ah, oh, damn
0: it. Well, I did just have some, like, while we were talking, I did eat some bacon-wrapped meatloaf
3: So damn, <laughs> Okay, fair. First so that's pretty <laughs> How dare you. That's pretty much vegan, except for all of the ingredients.
1: Yeah. But, like, yeah. maybe I had, uh, the
3: seasoning might have been. I had, hmm.
1: I had roasted... So- Sweet potatoes and butternut squash with pecans. Okay, That's that could awesome. have
3: been that could have been vegan. The pecans might have had was, honey on them.
1: No, they were raw. There you go. It
3: was so vegan. Andy's vegan already. Yeah, well, because I started today. Pat, what did you eat last?
2: Um, well, so I I cheated. My my cheat day for today is uh, uh, chicken tikka masala oh, yeah. from one of my favorite Indian places, but. Yeah. Um, I thought we were starting on Sunday, and so on Sunday, I, I had Aladdin's, and they had, uh, like, one of my favorite dishes is, it's a hummus falafel rolled, yeah. so it's just falafel patties yeah. with hummus, and everything in it was already vegan, and then I just had a little bit of salad. So, I mean, my theory is, I think there's there's great food that's available this way already. It's going to take a little bit of forethought and planning, but I think this is going to be easy because like the food is good. There there's no like problem with the food. The food is already tasty and delicious. Like right. why is this going to be a challenge?
3: Well, uh, and I'd say the other thing, if you're looking for pro tips, if you're trying to eat American food, you're you're shooting yourself in the foot. If you especially out, right? If you're any any other ethnicity you are going to be luckier with. If you're going to a a Mexican restaurant you need to ask if the beans have uh lard in them and you need to ask if the rice has chicken stock. Those you know what I mean? Like you so those are things you're not gonna eat. If you go into a, a Chinese restaurant, you're gonna ask for chicken stock not to be added to whatever sauce they're making your green beans in or making whatever you're you're getting mm-hmm. in um but like indian right. indian
2: and thai are already like very pro-vegan friendly to begin with like i think a lot of indians already are like vegetarian or yeah. vegan
1: i've got a a vegan pad thai recipe i'm excited to bust out
3: so yeah so i mean i guess like the the end all be all is it's easier to eat um any other ethnicity than um American, well, that's not completely true, but for the most part, you know, if you if you go with any other um, culture, you're gonna find more vegetables. Um, So like Chinese is good. Ask for no chicken stock, um, and people usually know what you're talking about. Like we said, like people are very used to vegan now. If you're going to a Mexican restaurant, there's there's oftentimes lard in the beans. There's oftentimes chicken stock in the rice. So, um, okay, so, like, if you're going to a Japanese restaurant, there's usually fish flakes in the miso soup. So you want to make sure that their miso soup isn't made with fish flake, or you might just not get it, right? You might, like, have an extra salad or just sub that out, right? Um, with uh, Indian food, um, usually it's even the creamy things are coconut milk-based, so you're not really in trouble there, Um. Like I know that uh, usually, usually um, they will know exactly what you're talking about when you're talking about vegan. You know, you can't get you can't get butter on your non, so that's distressing. Sometimes my wife will go as far as to take vegan butter with us to the to the Indian restaurant, <laughs> which is slightly embarrassing but so deliciously worth it. Um, but mo- most uh, most ethnicities are something you need to think about. You know, but it's usually. Pretty easy. Whereas, like, American, you're like, can I have that burger without the bun or the burger? Can I just have lettuce with pickle in it and squirt some ketchup on it? (laughs) Like, where you're like, so, you know, like, I've spent many years in my life where it's like, oh, let's go to, you know, wherever. And then you're like, can I have fries and a salad? (laughs) Oh, your salad comes with cheese already on it. Oh, you don't have any dressing that's fit. Can I have oil and vinegar on the side and then. Can you not put anything on the salad? Just I'll have lettuce with oil (laughs) vinegar and fries. Like, so, you know, like, like that, that can be a difficult road to, to go down. But like, I can tell you what to eat at, Uh I can't think of a fast food restaurant that I don't know what you can eat at. Well, yes, I can. Now I just thought of two. But <laughs> so are you?
2: Are you giving us permission to have the impossible whopper, but cooked in meat grease or French fries cooked in meat grease, or is that something that like you know we'll have to figure well, out? I ourselves? don't think
1: that it would be okay to specifically request that. <laughs> yeah.
3: Right. <laughs> so my opinion, um, personally, so like I said, everybody's got a got their own thing. If you're going to go to Burger King and you're going to get the Impossible Whopper, I think you have to ask for it to be microwaved for you to be, like, legit vegan my style because I don't think that cooking it on a grill that has beef juice on it is vegan. I know this because I didn't know that it was cooked on the grill, and the first time I got one was, like, the first week it came out. I was like, hell, yeah, let's try this. Like, I was very excited to even support the venture. Like, let's support this company trying to put something like this – which hasn't been done before, like, to this level on a menu. And I went and got it, and our our son, who keeps interrupting us, was, like, a year old at the time. So he was, like, put, eating a little bit of food. I fed him some of the bun. You know, I just got I got the Impossible Whopper value meal, whatever, with no mayo. Um, and, and, you know, gave the baby a little bit of it. That night, he projectile vomited all over me. And it was because there was meat that had soaked into the bun. And I didn't think about that because I got sick that night and I, I didn't get like super sick. I didn't puke or anything. I just had a stomach ache. Right. And I didn't think about it until the baby who had had puked one other time in his whole life, let it loose on me. And I was like, Oh, so don't give the baby beef fat. Cool. Like, so <laughs> he had his first mix up without ever even being conscious of it or having any choice. I was just like, and cause I was joking like that I'm like, well, I wish my parents would have raised me, to not eat meat or whatever. Well, you're already sticking gross things in your baby's mouth, so I've got no room to talk either. So, are you guys all doing a month?
2: Yeah, we're all we're all going to do a month. Yep.
3: Oh my god, I'm yeah. so excited. Like, like the impact that that has, like, just with with you guys, the impact that that has environmentally is like actually pretty awesome. You know.
2: I I would have consumed a lot of animals in the meantime, <laughs> so uh, certainly their lives are are spared. <laughs>
0: we are. Kings among other U.S. citizens. Um, I would like to say, and just human beings in general, we are better than the average human. Um, I want to ask two things. First of all, uh, just so Pat can survive, uh, what is vegan at Wendy's?
3: So French fries. And what I like to do is baked potato salad at Wendy's. So you get a baked potato, which they're always out of at night. So you got it. this is like a lunchtime, this is a lunchtime salon. So you get, you get that. No, you get it not not dressed because you can't have the butter, you can't have the sour cream. You can have the chives if they want to shake those daddies on. Um, but, yeah, then get, get, a, salad, like get a side salad. Um, I haven't been there in a while. Ask if the side salad has cheese on it, but it didn't last time I was there. And I think you have to read it. So this is the tricky part. What I do is I ask for two dressings. So I'll get the Italian and the French unless you're inside because you have to read the dressing, right? You can't just eat it. I'm pretty sure their French was vegan last time I was there at Happy Ask Nicole. And I think their Italian has cheese dots in it. Like uh, like Olive Garden dressing isn't vegan because mm. um, it's got little delicious cheese nuggets mm. in it.
0: Cheese nugs.
3: But their breadsticks are vegan, you guys. Olive Garden's breadsticks. How? What? Exactly. You're welcome. I'm here for you.
1: <laughs> I did buy a giant thing of Oreos earlier. Yep. You can eat those. I'm so. What I'm really excited about with this part of the conversation here is I get to find out how to not actually lose weight during all this.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. got to stay
0: insulated for the winter. (laughs) Awesome. Well, all right. Well, I'm going to say to you, Lexi, we'll see you in 30 days. Um, Personally, I'm going to talk to you a bunch between now and then. Um, And as far as the listeners are concerned, it's going to be a break of like 30 seconds. So they really don't care.
2: But we get to time travel. Ooh.
0: Ooh, boy, I sure am looking forward to Halloween, considering it's definitely late October right now. Whoa, look at that pumpkin on my front porch.
1: Oh. So anyway. I love sweater
0: weather. Uh,
2: yeah, so so <laughs> it looks like the time rift is coming up in, oh. Whoa.
3: Whoa. oh, oh, whoa. Whoa. oh, whoa. oh
0: Oh, oh my goodness, guys, it's so, late November now. Yeah, it looks like we have
2: transported to the future and Wow uh, We've beans. all been vegan for a month.
0: How did that wow, happen? But wait, but this bit really doesn't make sense because we really need to have been <laughs> vegan for a month because we just skipped the month. Oh no, it's another time <laughs> rip.
1: Oh no.
6: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we are so bad at bits.
2: <laughs> All right, well, Sound I guess effect. we're going to have to actually be vegan for a month this time. Damn it. I was All right, to I'll see you guys that. in a month.
0: Uh, Alexi, I'll see you in a month. Boom. Wait, I guess I'll probably talk to you. I, the bit is falling apart again. Okay, see you in a month. Oh, it's been a real month now, and I am full of plant power. How's everybody doing?
1: Well, Lexi seems to be frozen in time.
3: <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> I'm feeling great,
3: other than your cheesy jokes. Hey,
2: oh, I got him.
3: Oh, that was corny. <laughs> hey, I won't
0: chicken out of this interview. Oh man,
2: but I gotta say the plant power is real. I mean, I feel fantastic. I think my diet was already pretty crappy before, so probably any change would be an improvement. Mm -hmm. But I got to say, you know, eating vegan for a month, like, I feel healthier. I feel like the things that I'm eating are, like, more wholesome, like, more close to the earth and natural. Like, I'm eating salads every day. I'm eating, like, leaves and green stuff, like, off of plants. And it's, like... I don't know. It's like there's fewer chemicals floating around and that's preservatives.
1: Everything is chemicals. I mean, that's <laughs> true. But I don't man-made chemicals I, in a lab. I would say. I mean, I feel. I feel a lot better about what I eat. I'm one of the thing. Just a lot of the foods that were so easily accessible before became out of reach. You know, can't have right. And so a lot of my snacking and stuff took a little bit of a hit at first. But then I discovered vegan pizza rolls, (laughs) vegan chicken fingers, (laughs) vegan mac and cheese, vegan quesadillas. Yeah,
0: you can definitely eat eat a plant-based diet and just put only garbage in your body at the same time.
3: A hundred percent.
1: Eat a bunch of junk food. Lots of garbage is vegan.
3: I think
0: part of what was good about this had nothing to do with it being a vegan diet. It had everything to do with – you can't eat thoughtlessly when you're a vegan. You have a part-time job or a hobby of reading ingredients lists.
1: Yeah, but that's exhausting. (laughs) I mean, you know, like you start out (laughs) – we only did it for one month, right? And we're in 2020 when there's an entire like vegan aisle, but I still have to go through the fridge or any you know if I if I'm stopping for food and I'm out I still have to I have to you know Google it to find out what's vegan there, and yeah. you know it's also just there's a there's a sort of I don't want to call it spiritual fatigue exactly but just like an a, a, an erosion of <sighs> willpower i guess (laughs) or like i i hate repeatedly telling myself no 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 you can't have that no stop no like it's like i am my own two-year-old that i just cart around with me (laughs) everywhere and have to swat away from things well
0: (laughs) lexi can you go ahead and talk about that spiritual fatigue a little bit you've also been vegan for
3: a whole 30 days
1: too (laughs) several times over i
3: think um it's fun to hear somebody else talk about it um, because I don't have a lot of those experiences um, obviously anymore. So like I don't feel like I have to read things in my home you know obviously before I eat them because I know that I've brought what's in my home into my home and I'm comfortable with eating it. Uh, Barring that uh, just the idea that um, you know you're telling yourself no all the time also kind of makes me giggle a little bit because like I, maybe I've just done it for so long that I don't feel like I'm telling myself no anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, oh, we don't eat that. like
2: you're not missing anything correct. like you you didn't want me yeah, i'm in the first I'm never like I like God, I
3: just like really I really could go for you know that super cheesy pizza. Like why, well, I don't eat cheesy pizza. Do you know what I mean? So that's it's a little bit funny yeah. to hear somebody else's uh, uh, take on that
2: <laughs> so something that I wanted to talk about that we didn't get to last time on this episode was the ethics of being vegan. Why is it good to be a vegan? Like, why does that matter?
3: So um, I think for me, it is mostly uh, animal rights-based and then secondarily, uh, environmentally-based. But uh, mostly, I think the way that we have decided as a society to treat animals that we consider to be food animals opposed to snuggling animals um, is... Just horrific. And uh, I think that we turn a blind eye to that far too much. Um, at all is too much to me. Uh, so that really I, I find uh, disturbing. But environmentally, um, it's it's much better for our planet and much better for uh, being able to feed the world to uh, eat plant based. Business up stuff ahead.
0: This is your content morning. Your content warning so don't say that you I wanted to give you a little bit of a content warning because there's some pretty disturbing facts about factory farming coming up this is not me telling you you shouldn't listen you should absolutely listen but there's an excellent argument to be made that maybe your kids shouldn't listen anyway consider yourself warned
1: so during our time, because I am me and I like to be miserable about everything about the world, <laughs> I did a lot of research into um, some of this stuff, some of the factory farming um, techniques, and it is just, I mean, it turned my stomach. It really, really bothered me. So just to kind of give listeners some idea of some of the things that happen to the animals in the, during their lives before they make it to your grocery store and your plate. So animals, especially like pigs and chickens, are some of the absolutely worst treated animals in the world. Um, they are kept in cages where they literally do not have room to move because that makes the meat more tender. They cut pigs' tails off. Pretty much at birth because in the pens that they're in, because they cannot move, they get so anxious that they will chew on the tail of the pig in front of them uh, and chew the tail off of the pig in front of them. So they just cut them off at at birth. Um, They actually take – so when pigs are born, they immediately rip the children away from the mother, separate them at birth so that they don't become attached. And they sell them off or move them to other, um, other farms, other locations, other pens and stuff so that they don't form any attachments with their parents. I mean, forget if they did that to a human. Obviously, no one in the world would, would allow that to happen. They would all object. But, I mean, even if you did that to a, a dog or a cat who just had a litter and you just took those, those babies away, I mean, it's horrific. The pigs do not get to go outside and play in the mud like you think that they do. The chickens are possibly worse. They cut the beaks off of the chickens because they peck each other. I mean, there is a literal thing called a pecking order that's not made up. Um, they cut the chickens' beaks off. It's
3: called de-beaking. Fun <laughs> a fact. A creative
1: term. Hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, so it's... In terms of, like, how they treat the chickens, I mean, they can't go anywhere. They clip wings. They um, – there's all sorts of just breeding between in, – in all animals, breeding for size and fatness and traits like that that are more appealing to consumers rather than healthy characteristics. So these animals are bred to be unhealthy and obese, but they're only going to be alive for a few years. So, I
0: mean, here's, here's my thing. I think – First of all, I think I'm pretty much done with factory farm meat. I'm not opposed to eating animals. I am, however, wildly opposed to torture. Yeah. And that's our current policy. That's how we get our meat. We torture animals until they're dead, and then we eat those animals.
1: Oh, and by the way, in case you were thinking that maybe, like, fish is better, it's not. It is very much not.
3: <laughs> oh, you guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Like, it's real so, bad, y'all.
2: What would you say to somebody, if I'm a person sitting here and I would say, like, I don't care because they're animals. Like, they're just animals. Like, why does cruelty to them matter? What What would you say to a
1: person who well, says? Well, I something? would, first of all, I'd say, like, look, oh, you probably want to know what Lexi says. Uh, no one
0: was asking you, Andy. <laughs> uh,
3: so, uh, I guess I would say, do you have any pets? Uh, would be my first thing, uh are you opposed to eating puppy? Because if you're not, then like that makes sense and that that is not hypocritical and it sounds like a a way that your mind is working or whatever. But if you have a certain bias against particular animals, I find that confusing. So I guess that's probably where I would start with somebody. And the puppy argument would probably shut down most, most humans.
2: <laughs> right. So we have these categories that we think of like, you know, a, a cow doesn't... Uh, deserve the same rights as as a dog but like pigs and chickens and cows are not necessarily like dumb or non-sentient animals um they have feelings they have complex nervous systems you know pigs in fact are genetically so close to humans that we use them in a lot of like medical testing and uh you know like if we need um a drug tested or, or something like that. Like the, the pig brain is similar enough to a human that well, we, that's, that's where and we'll not do to, testing.
3: not to throw out Hannibal yeah. testing is also problematic in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Sidebar. Yeah, sure. But um, also, you know, let's, let's think about, you know, and forget comparing them to humans. Let's compare them to the, your puppy at home, you know, your dog at home. Pigs are smarter than dogs. And that's pretty much, I mean, it's not, a hundred percent across of not every single pig can outsmart every single dog, you know, but like there's all sorts of interesting psychological studies that show that pigs are developed faster and can handle more complex tasks. They have pigs that can learn how to play video games in like a matter of months that dogs don't figure out for, can be working on for years and they never figure out. If intelligence is in your
0: bag, then empathy because pigs can be just as empathetic as dogs can. Yeah, if you don't care about how intelligent an animal is, if you care about whether that animal can care for you or your family or its family, pigs can do that too. We like the the line is pretty much arbitrary at this point. Although I will say when people say like pigs are just as smart as dogs, I'm like, "Yes, we should eat dogs more often."
1: no no that is the wrong takeaway (laughs) um but but um i mean shoot even even chickens there's an argument to make that they are as smart as most dogs we talk about this this arbitrary or we called it arbitrary just a few seconds ago line between different animals and stuff but i don't think it really is arbitrary it's kind of it's kind of hoisted on us by society by by companies, they found, you know, pigs and chickens and stuff more marketable. They can make the meat look in the store less like the animal on the farm. Um, and, and they can turn the public kind of against pigs and chickens by making them seem stupid or filthy or undeserving in, in movies and in uh, books and things like that. So we've kind of been trained into thinking of these animals as meat and these animals as not.
3: Well, in our culture also from the time where little kids teaches you that cows and pigs and chickens are happy to be on the farm. They love it. Mm-hmm. Look at yeah. the you know like like you're playing with little chicken toys and little and you're reading stories and old McDonald a farm, you know, all these things that teach us that like farms are happy places. Those are talking about mom and pop farms are not talking about factory farms and your meat does not come from a mom and pop farm. It's very unlikely. <laughs> this is why it's
0: always so crazy to me when, like, butcher shops have, like, a happy, smiling pig face as their logo. Like, happy, happy <laughs> animals. The other thing I'm going to throw in a fact check for, for here is how we almost ended up all eating hippopotamus. Uh, because <laughs> back when oh, meat yeah. started becoming really That's popular, fine. there weren't enough cattle farms. And so <laughs> a lot of people had the idea to try and bring over and domesticate hippopotamus and, uh... Hippopotami? Hippopotami, yes.
1: Just one of them. Hippopotamus?
2: Hippopotamese.
1: back back
0: And welcome back to Fact Check. This is truly one of the craziest stories I've ever heard of, but I assure you it's 100% true. In the late 1800s and early 1900s, The U.S. couldn't keep up with the demand for meat. The obvious solution, transport African hippopotamuses to Louisiana and just release them. There, the lake cows, as they were called at the time, would graze on invasive water hyacinths, which were blocking waterways and killing off fish. The hyacinths had been brought over as a gift by the Japanese delegation during the 1884 World's Fair and had completely taken over Louisiana waterways. And then, in turn, the lake cows would be turned into delicious meat for the good citizens of America. Here's an actual segment from a New York Times article on April 12, 1910. Lake cow bacon, made from the delicious hyacinth-fed hippopotamus of Louisiana's lily-fringed streams, should soon be obtainable from the southern packing houses. Properly seeded, southern marshes will grow 30 to 50 tons of hyacinth to the acre, and on 6,400,000 now useless acres in the Gulf states, 1 million tons of the most delicious of flesh foods worth $100 million may be grown yearly. Now here's the shocking part. H.R. 23261, also known as the HIPPO Bill, was backed by President Teddy Roosevelt, and it would have provided about a quarter million dollars, or about $6 million in today's money, for the transportation of these hippos. The bill failed by just one vote. Fun fact, there wasn't a plan on how to pen these lake cows. They just would have been let free. Another fun fact, hippos are incredibly aggressive, have extremely sharp teeth, and are the deadliest large land mammal on the planet, killing about 500 people a year in Africa. So it's probably good they didn't become common in the US. We've already got meth gators to deal with in Florida maybe they'd be tasty anyway
2: back to the show
1: back chat back chat back chat
2: um so linked to the question of ethics um why vegan as opposed to vegetarian like can you talk to us a little bit about like milk and eggs and why that should get swept up in the whole like animal cruelty thing too so uh
3: there is no dairy that does not turn into meat, I think would be a, a fair way to start. Um, chickens do not just give eggs. And then when they're done giving eggs, they're like, now you can go play in the pasture. That's not how it works. Uh, same with cows. You know, they're they're milked until they're no longer super productive. And then again, they're just a lower grade of meat because they've done so much that their meat isn't as tender as like what you guys have talked about Um with uh, confining space um, to animals so they don't develop muscle. Beyond that, it, it really is just, I think, equally problematic. And if you do any research... And I try not to be a preachy vegan. I don't like to be like, well, here's why it's bad. If you do any research at all about the dairy industry, including what Andy was talking about, about chickens, the reason that baby boy chickens don't survive is because they don't make eggs. And they can't fatten them up quick enough to make them, you know, super useful, all of them. So they just throw them in a garbage bag and they just suffocate on top of each other and then you take them out at night. You know, it's it's horrific. The, uh, the ways that it's set up is just – it's just – so inhumane and so horrific, but because we've decided like these are farm animals, that's just the way they're treated.
2: I think you also told me that dairy cows are kept in a constant cycle of pregnancy in order to produce more milk.
3: Yeah, I mean their hormones have to stay, um, you know, basically a certain way in order to continue to produce milk. Also, a lot like you, you can read a lot about the machines that milk the cows aren't built to be comfortable to the cows. So the pumps that they use on them often, uh, draw blood or pus or other, you know, um, and so, you know, that's, that's in your milk. They don't, they don't throw it away. They're not like, Oh, that milk's a little pink. And then they toss it, they toss it out, you know, so all that is still used. It's just kind of a, a gross concept and again it's not the farm that you picture in your mind's eye because you were given these coloring books as a kid and you picture a farmer on a tiny stool going into a metal bucket that's just not how it works so
2: to to kind of like stay on the same topic just a little bit um we have decades of propaganda on tv these like big marketing campaigns to get people to drink milk like got milk or that you need uh Vitamins that you can only find in milk. You need protein that you can only find in eggs. Can we do a little bit of myth busting for um, those marketing campaigns? Like, is is any of that true? It's
3: all crap. Um, but the the interesting part is that a lot of these things are subsidized by the government. So there's there's mo- there's money in big dairy. There's money in big farming. In um, factory meat. There's just there's a ton of money behind it. So if you if you think about it that way, you're like, oh well they're, you know, tricking me into eating things that aren't good for me.
1: Yeah, I think um, you know, just by incorporating a decent amount of like beans and, you know, nuts and legumes and grains, you account for pretty much all of the proteins and vitamins and minerals that you need in a daily diet. The only one my understanding anyway, is that the only one that's a little bit harder to get in a vegan diet is B12. Yeah. Which often comes um, in a lot, you know, in a lot of foods that are fortified with it. Right. But
0: you can get a multivitamin for that
1: stuff then. Yeah. You know, or just you don't need a multivitamin. Just get a B12 vitamin.
3: Well, and I think you guys are all are super right on that. And uh, hitting the nail on the head, I would say I've been Vegetarian since I was 12, uh, and vegan since I was 15 and I'm 40. And I've had two successful pregnancies. Um, you know what I mean? And created food for those humans with a vegan body. You know, like it's not, and I'm a little bit chunky. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not like super, super, super buff either. Like, it's really easy to get all the calories you need and all the nutrients you need.
0: Can we backtrack a little bit? And I want to talk about, just for a second, that idea of this stereotype of the preachy vegan. Sure. If you share this, like, thing that's really important to you, that suddenly you're, like, a hassle to somebody else, or you're, like, going to be annoying to them. Whereas, I I think I talked to you about this in another episode, I think in the religion episode, Pat, but the idea of... Mm -hmm. Uh, Christians who believe that with all their heart, uh, people who aren't saved are going to hell. Like, those people are annoying. I'm not, not going to lie about it. But I've always, always respected when they try and convert somebody and when they do it with, like, all of themselves because they think that if I don't go through with this, this person is going to burn. I feel like there's a certain like correlation between that and veganism where like we're all like guys did you hear that chickens are mistreated and like lexi (laughs) has known about right
2: well if i can if i can field this one real quick so um the reason that you see people trying to spread the word about vegan whether that's misguided or whether that is enlightened um the the only thing that is going to change factory farming the only thing that is going to change like our water usage our methane emissions our whole like market and structure and industry that is built around meat and dairy mm-hmm. and eggs the only way that you change that is by getting everyone on board with it or or at least like reducing demand right you just like, need to make reducing, it unprofitable it. so i can kind of see why people are trying to get out and spread the word about that.
1: Yeah, like... That I may can... or may
2: not be the best way of convincing people, but <laughs> you got to talk about it sometime.
1: For sure. I think it's one of those things, if I can jump in real quick, uh, that, you know, to a certain extent, just awareness, and just, like, even if they hate you for it, let people know what's going on. Um, because ultimately, what's what we're looking at, I mean, the, the picture... Now that we've branched into this like ecological part of the discussion, which I'm glad we did because it's so it is so intimately tied up with the ethical side of this. Um, the what we're doing with our factory farming and our meat culture, like we have this weird meat culture, and it's super prominent here in America, and it's this weird social thing where like it's cool to like eat ten pounds of bacon every meal and um swanson right and like it's it's just that's not the problem that is just a symptom that is you know a lot of people when when they're dealing with a preachy vegan i feel like they they think that that's what this person is fighting against that's what this person has a problem with why do you have to have a hamburger at every meal why can't but what they don't understand is that these choices that we make have implications in in legislation in uh and, and in climate change i mean um 51 percent of the world carbon footprint comes from uh agriculture uh 20 uh, methane the methane issue is a big deal y'all everyone knows about oh haha because ha, cows fart yeah well you know what that methane gas is twenty times more destructive to the ozone layer than CO2 is. I mean, that's well, also also Jesus Christ loves you and you know, he just wants you to be saved. But- I just wanted to put that out there. So I have no response to that. But here, then you also have ecological like implications when you're transporting meat and you have to refrigerate it. Um, there's a ton of waste produced because not all of it gets bought in time or eaten in time, and it just goes in the garbage. There's a big, big problems. Because uh, when you have crop rotations, when you're, when you're growing uh, plants on a farm, you can rotate the crops. You can have better soil maintenance. You don't do that as well when you're uh, growing animals. Um, they are cutting down – do you want to talk about – how about the rainforest? Do you guys like the rainforest? They're cutting down the fucking rainforest to create pastures for more cows. That's a thing that's happening. Absolutely. I think that
0: is all very interesting. But when I brought up the topic of a preachy vegan, I was kind of hoping that Lexi might have a chance to talk.
3: <laughs> well, I actually just found everything that, that, that Andy said really interesting. And I guess my question to all three of you is, uh, you just all went vegan for a month, right? You feel better, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, you didn't find it that hard to find food that was satisfying.
1: Yeah.
0: Sure. yeah and
3: all three of you are going back to eating meat and feeding back into this whole infrastructure. why? it's
0: it's a good question. Uh, like again, I don't have a problem with the idea of eating meat. Uh, it's not it's not an ethical issue for me in the traditional way. Uh, it's a huge ethical issue for me in terms of like I said before, torture. I think. I am wildly opposed to the uh, factory farming industry. I'm not opposed to like, I I think we can all come up with scenarios of people like raising their own meat and how that like, you could potentially have like a glass of milk in an ethical way or an egg in an ethical way or whatever.
3: So can I ask you on that? Sure. So how are you going? You said you're, you feel like you're pretty much done with factory farming. How are you going to make that happen?
0: I think it's going to like involve me eating far, far more plant-based food and me knowing where the meat I eat is sourced.
3: So then that means you can't go to fast food and you can't really eat at restaurants unless you find a nice... And Cleveland probably does have a couple uh, like farm-to-table type of restaurants where you know where the meat came from and yeah, know that absolutely. that farm is like a small... To me, it doesn't sound hard because it would extend my diet for you. It's, it's very hard because it it does what Andy was talking about at the beginning. And it changes the way that you're able to easily access the foods that you're used to. Yeah. And so it's easier for me because I haven't easily accessed those foods even since I got a driver's license. Right. So it's not, it's never been a convenience thing for me. That's never, that's never been part of my, my journey as a vegan. Right. Right. And part of it is changing the foods that I access. Like
0: making that change and not having the expectation be that I'm going to have meat at every meal. In fact, making the expectation be the exact opposite. Yeah, that's bad. Making the expectation be that I'm going to cook my own meat when I do have it and that it's going to be more of a side dish and less of the like thing that takes up my entire plate.
3: Right. And that you probably didn't get it at your local grocer. You probably had to go to like the hippie yeah. co-op or, you know what I mean? Like there are just, there are some, I guess, just general problems with being able to access that food. Right. Yeah.
1: So I guess my answer to your question would be, I'm, I'm not, or I, I mean, so I I share a household with someone who is not, who doesn't really share that, that drive, but during this and towards the end of it, I mean, I, Caitlin and I talked a little bit about it. I wanted to talk to her about how much this had changed my perception of how we eat meat and how we live in our world in a lot of ways as well. And that I was – I, I plan to uh, be phasing out meat throughout 2021 almost entirely. I'll probably – So here's – so the first obstacle is I have a household. I share a household with someone who isn't interested in being vegan. The second obstacle is my – for whatever reason, the way my brain works, I function a lot better when I'm saying I would like to not do this thing than when I say I'm not allowed to do this thing. (laughs) Right, right.
3: Heard. Yeah, that makes good sense.
1: So – just on my own, like my own personal psychological standpoint, I'm probably not going to say to myself like, "You're a vegan now." You can right, maybe eventually it will get there, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but like for right now, I'm I'm gonna be choosing plant based. I'm not gonna be eating a lot of meat. Um, we still have some here in the house that like, hey, got a um, got you gotta, through gotta, it. <laughs> got to eat, you know, whatever. Yeah, sure. Well, and I think I'm, that I'm that's down appropriate to help with that and,
3: I, I, th- I think like one of the things but that I am
1: making the change. Yeah, I am making a change.
3: Well, one of the things that frustrates me the most uh, finding is seeing people throw away meat, like where it's like you took a plate of meat and you're like, dude, do you know what the animal went through for you to like eat that burger? Finish your burger. Like I kind of feel more like that. I don't say it, but you know what I mean? Where I'm like, if you don't eat all those chicken nuggets, I'm going to show you where those chicken nuggets came from and you got to eat all those chicken nuggets.
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, so for, for me, um, you know, I definitely want to investigate more into what I'm eating. And I want to try to, like, get a better habit of the way that I'm eating, introduce more plant-based, um, eat a lot more plant-based. Like Nathan was saying, like, you don't need meat in every single meal. You you don't even need meat in any of your meals. But, you know, we didn't evolve. We weren't um, – eating meat every single day the way that we evolved as a species. Um, m- meat was like a rare treat. You know, It was like a, a, a meal that you had every now and again. It wasn't something that you ate three times a day every single day. Um, but also, and I, I'm sorry that this undercuts the message of our episode a little bit, but I'm looking at this Oxford study... Um, that came out, they followed people for 10 years and they found that vegans had a 43% higher risk of having bone fractures.
6: Um,
2: so, I mean, I am very active. I have a, like, physically demanding job. Um, I don't think that I need meat at every single meal, but I do want a diet that is nutritionally complete that i'm not going to be missing anything from and uh i don't really have a problem with like better sourced meat i'm not seeking out better sourced meat yet and i intend to to do better on that but um really like i mean i think factory farming is the issue i think if you had better ethically sourced meat that that wouldn't that wouldn't be the same ethical or ecological problem we have um you know wild animals even locally we have deer that run all over the place you know um there there are animals that um you know have herds all over the place that are overpopulating and it's to their own detriment um so i mean if if you found a way that you could ethically source your meat better, I think that wouldn't be. And I a think problem. that that is possible. I think factory farming, I agree, definitely is. A
3: yeah, I think that I think that is possible because if you look at it um, and you think about uh, the amount of meat that we're putting out and the price point that we're putting that meat out, if everyone ate a little bit less meat and simultaneously paid a little bit more for the meat that they had. That would change the culture of the industry so drastically that you would make a lot, a lot of impacts. You wouldn't have the environmental implications you do. You would not have the, the, I mean, just rights, you know, animal rights violations, as I would consider it, you know, that you do right now. So I think that's an interesting perspective. If everyone just cut out, you know, if, even if you cut out a third of your meat, like if the whole country, just our country cut out a third of their meat, can you imagine what that would do?
2: right but it's it's also really hard to change habits sure. like the day that we ended uh you know eating vegan it's like you know slipping right back into the same habits like going to the same stores buying the same things you know it's it's hard to break up an a habit especially an eating habit the way that you eat is um very much like ingrained into the dopamine reward center that's in your brain that you have like established patterns of the way that you do it um so it's it's the same way as like breaking a gambling addiction breaking a drug addiction right you can have a food addiction um and it can be really hard to change that pathway
1: yeah let let me hit you with some stats on that um so on average an american eats Roughly three point seven pounds of beef, pork, or chicken a year uh, a week. Three point seven pounds of beef, pork, or chicken a week. Whoa. Just beef, pork, and chicken a week. That's nuts. Um, do you know what the healthy amount of meat in general uh, per week would be? Half a pound a week. A little bit more than that. Uh, about three quarters of a pound maybe a pound for a larger person.
2: Right. So, I mean, we are looking at like kind of disordered eating that, that the amount that we're eating is not the healthy point. It's not what our bodies need.
5: Hi, my name is Anjali Couture. I have been vegan for 13 years and some time now. And, um, I initially went vegetarian two years prior to that because I bit into a McDonald's chicken nugget that had purple in it and that about covered it for me, I was just grossed out. And I heard vegan on MTV (laughs) and um, I decided to go vegan, kind of, again, just found things gross like eating other animals, eating milk from another animal, just other animal products in general grossed me out. And I was, you know, not even 14 yet, or I had just turned 14, maybe. I think I just turned 14. So in the last 13 years, I've learned a lot about the implications of our diet on the environment. And so I think it's really important to be conscious of what you eat, maybe not going vegan, but honoring your body and the earth in however you can. And so one Pro vegan tip would be including nutritional yeast into your diet. It's a pretty niche vegan food that's a cheesy, that gives food a cheesy flavor. You can use it as a substitute uh, in that way. And it has a bunch of B vitamins, including B12. So that's a vegan source of B12. So
1: I would love to talk a little bit more about. The weird culture built up around eating meat, especially in America, it really bugs me.
2: I, you know, I never questioned it until you, until you brought it. Back. No, absolutely. Like,
0: how many damn like bacon scented candles have you seen, or like bacon neckties, Dude,
1: or? D- can I tell you? I don't. I think I may have mentioned it on a previous episode of the podcast, but. They made a bacon-scented face mask for COVID.
2: Yeah, but are we really coming after barbecues and like pig roasts and like clam bakes because I feel like you're you're kind of attacking Americana,
0: aren't you? Yeah, Americana sucks. Also, I feel I
3: yeah, like maybe don't attack that, but then don't attack people who have, uh, you know, puppy eat or uh, dog eating festivals, and you know, like uh, people they eat horse meat. Yeah. Like, like if you're don't insult my thing China, is, Kana.
1: <laughs> I'm just, <laughs>
3: I'm just saying, like it, it's it's got to all be equal in my opinion, you know. If you're not, if you're not mad about one, don't yeah. be mad about the other.
1: Yeah, I mean, a friend of Fair ours enough. has a pig roast every summer, and I, I I go to it most years when I can, and I mean it's. Like they, it, it's hard to like say honestly, but like they, cut the, he chopped the head open and did a shot of the of brain of pig brain, like that's fucked up, yo. <laughs> I mean, I like I get that it's like say, weird it, it and esoteric. That, it wasn't that appetizing. Like, it was not very. good. Oh, that's right. You did it, didn't you? You nasty yeah. fuck. Well, it's it's kind of like <laughs> Jello. I don't. It's
2: like soft oh, and fluffy. It sounds so and good, fatty, you guys. It sounds. But it's uh. Oh my god. It's not appetizing. I was vegan. It's like salty. Take so, a like, vomit break. But, real quick. The, <laughs> but the thing is,
0: if they were eating that Horrible. as a food source and not as a look how badass I am contest, right. I'd be fine with it.
1: Because it'd right. be using
0: well, more of the pig, but that's not what it is. They they use it as a like oh this is so tough of me to eat the brain. Blah.
3: Well, yeah, actually, that's you know, still better than not eating the brain. Like, even eating the brain kind of sarcastically or, like, badassily, whatever you want to call it, is still better than not using that part of the animal. To me, uh, it's just also, you know, obnoxious. Disgusting
1: and fucking, uh, yes, obnoxious. Like, um, <laughs> I, I dated this girl a while back and her dad was one of these kind of guys and – he was a he was a very very he's highly educated he's an engineer he's very smart but he would do the like toxic masculinity meat and beer and uh, 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 Tim Allen thing and like I just I listen I am uh, I think of myself as a pretty masculine person I don't ever have like I am very I have my manly whatever I like I don't feel like I have any sort of manliness to prove. Um, maybe that's it. Like, I just don't feel like I have anything to prove, but that's what it always reeks of to me is like this dick-wagging contest. And <laughs> uh, like, come on, we're grown ups. I mean, we are all
0: lamenting how we couldn't jam out with our clams out before uh, the episode started.
1: Sorry, suckers. It's true. Well, I'm saying like, whip it out, but you don't need the measuring stick. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Just hang out naked also, with what your are friends, we, What yo? are we going to do
2: about barbecues? Are we go- So we need to replace barbecues with meat alternatives. We need to get the, the culture of barbecue to change to a plant-based culture. Because you can still get that nice, like, charred taste. So you can get like that outdoor cooked.
1: Pat, so the point of the barbecue uh, is the family, right?
2: Well, yeah, and Sorry. Pat,
3: I'll tell you, so like we were in a we were in a uh, town outside of Saugatuck, Michigan a few years ago and you know, like anywhere I go, I always look up vegan restaurants and I look up this place and this Like what Nathan referenced is this happy pig logo keeps coming up and I'm like, this is a barbecue joint. Like I can't like there's no way this is where I should be eating. And I'll send Nathan the the name of the restaurant because it was delicious. But I kept finding it through like Yelp or whatever. And I was like, this is not where I'm supposed to be going. So I finally look at the menu and they have a full like rack of vegan ribs. And I'm and mac and cheese and every like all like all Damn. the fixins. So we drove over there and it was not a vegan restaurant. This is a this is a barbecue joint. And we ended up talking to the owner and he said he had a brother in law who was vegan and his brother in law told him that he would drive 50 miles for a good meal like and he thought he said to himself no one should have to drive 50 miles for a good meal so i started making so he literally buys the riblets from the company i think it's morningstar that makes them um i don't even know if they even make them anymore cuz i can't find them but he would buy them and he smoked them in the same way that he smoked all the other meat in a separate Smoker, smoking machine, smoking mm-hmm. kettle, mm-hmm. whatever you Smoker. do. Smoker, uh,
1: smokers, right?
3: Uh, so he he smoked them separately. Made all vegan sauce. Made all vegan sides. Made everything, and it was so good. And I I would bet that none of you would say this isn't meat if you were eating it. Nobody would say like oh there's no way this is meat. You might say oh this isn't you know these are my favorite ribs. You know what I mean? They're, I miss the gristle. Like I don't know what you would say, but um it was just so delicious, you know and Had a happy pig on the logo and I still ate there. That must have been
0: like finding hidden treasure. Like that must have been so
3: unexpected. Yeah I'll send you a picture of it. It was seriously like I was like what? This is so delicious and it was so neat to hear from the owner who was a meat eater but he felt passionate about vegan food because he had this family member who uh, felt like he couldn't get a decent meal easily which is super true and a super like common problem for like people in my stitch. and then if you say like hey I'm vegan then you're like Oh, vegans always tell you they're vegan, you know, like, ah, uh, always walking around saying how vegan they are. Like, well, I just
6: was going to I was just what?
3: didn't want you to what? slather bacon on this
0: thing because like. But don't you but don't you think that is also a reaction to I think people uh have their eyes closed and their fingers in their ears when we talk about stuff like I know I felt it when we were talking about uh the conditions in uh factory farms earlier. I, like, I get cringy, And I think that whole, like, vegans love to talk about being vegan is, first of all, a deflection because you are wearing, like, socks that have bacon on them. So shut the fuck up. And secondly, I think it's if I make fun of you, you're less likely to speak up and then I don't have to think about this uncomfortable thing.
3: I, I think you're totally yeah. right.
1: Yeah. I buy that 100%. Um and and just to kind of piggyback off of what you know Lexi was saying about people having to drive 50 miles to get a good meal and and I know that we're we were kind of fortunate I guess or just in a you know fortunately for us in this experiment being here in Cleveland there is a wealth of vegan friendly or even vegan specific restaurants yeah. that you can go to. I mean you could – we could have probably gone to a different restaurant every single night and not had to double down. Um, I mean there's so many up here um, and and that's really awesome but that's not the way it is everywhere.
0: Right. I will say if if I'm going to make an admission here, I wasn't aware that that was true before we started this. I had no idea there were so many Mm -hmm. vegan restaurants here because I didn't have to think about it. Yeah. Right.
2: You same, guys, you same. guys have a good Although, vegan scene. I, I think I
1: ate sheets about sixty times. <laughs> I had a decent sense because I am friends with a few people in Cleveland who are vegan, um, but I had no idea how many different places. I mean, I was, I was floored, and uh, I, you know, I think that's really awesome. And I think, you know, the cool thing is for a restaurant, especially a restaurant like say take Melt for example. Um, melt in Cleveland here is this, it's like a gourmet grilled cheese thing. And not just grilled cheese, but like incredibly over the top, like beyond what you would think of
0: as a grilled cheese sandwich.
1: Right. Right. Like they'll have, like my favorite is called the dude abides and it is, it'll, it has giant meatballs and mozzarella sticks, um, which is like a bowling ball and bowling pins. Right. And, and marinara sauce. But Here's the cool thing about – Vegan meatballs, right? Vegan The cool thing about Melt is like they have this regular menu that is all these lavish sandwiches, but they also have – about half of those sandwiches are available as vegan – in vegan versions. They've got uh, like a half a dozen different vegan cheeses. They've got um, vegan meats that they can make the vegan meatballs with. They can do vegan chicken on the sandwiches, you know, seitan or tofu and – Holy shit. Oh, my God. I can speak to melt being
3: delicious for vegans.
1: So good. So, you know, in terms of, like, a restaurant that – that's a perfect example of a restaurant that can draw both the general glutton crowd and the vegan crowd.
3: Right, and it's based on cheese, and it's still – they found a way to make that – vegan friendly and vegan cheese being one of the things that's hardest to like make delicious.
2: Yeah. So if we can, if we can segue real quick, like I did want to talk about, um, you know, when you are producing food for a huge number of people, like let's say 300 million people that are in America, one of the things you have to consider is like water consumption, resources, how efficiently you're getting, like, the energy from the sun into photosynthesis, into plants, into, you know, if you then take it another step and get it into animals, by feeding animals. The the energy that it takes to produce a vegan diet, the water that it takes to produce a vegan diet, is significantly less than it is to produce oh a vegan
1: diet. Dude, I'm so glad you brought this up because we just had – we've had two – I mean California goes through a drought pretty much every year or two, plus the Flint Michigan water disaster has been ongoing for how many years now but don't worry, cows have clean water cows have clean water because you know what eighty percent of this country's fresh water usage goes to agriculture and for, to your point pat it it requires about a hundred times more water to produce a pound of animal protein over grain protein, so we could. Cut that to like 10% of the US fresh water usage for agriculture by switching to plant based and, and cutting out the meat mostly. And think about what you could do for California and their droughts and their fires. Think about what you can do for Flint, Michigan and other places that have water damage. Think about the people in poor communities who have just, or, or rural communities who just don't have access to decent water. So this is kind of
2: like a sidebar, but in California, they are driving trucks around going from home to home delivering water because there isn't water available. They're not uh, able to get water from their water systems. Um, There are droughts, and they just – like the way that the water is allotted, that it goes to agriculture first. It goes to industry first. Before it goes to people, and if they run out, you're out of luck.
0: Have we gone over these numbers yet? Where to produce a pound of beef, it's 1,800 gallons of water. To produce a pound of pork, it's 576 gallons of water. To produce a pound of soybeans is 216 gallons. And for a pound of corn, it's 108 gallons.
1: Uh, I, g- I gave the quick version. Right.
2: I mean, corn Corn is its own thing that yeah. we should be talking about right. on another episode. Right, right. I'm just, I'm just
0: saying there's a wild difference between 1,800 and 108. Yeah. I agree. Sure. And you can reuse that water in a different way than you can when it's gone
1: through a cow.
3: Plants are more efficient because they're not peeing out what you put into them.
1: And by using, I mean, centuries-old agricultural techniques to move crops around from field to field, you can cultivate far better soils and get much better yield out of your existing crops to begin with Right, just by treating the soil better.
0: I don't know. I'm just saying y'all have like have a salad once a week, please. Like, well, eat a little bit less meat,
1: please. Take it to have a burger once a week. Have salads the rest of the The, week.
0: Well, yeah, but we're not. We're like, yes, do that. But also, like, go find a unicorn.
3: Yeah. Anything you do is better than what you're doing now. Likely. Hey, uh, real quick, on that note, like, Lexi, you
1: shared with us early on in this process, you, you shared us a little, like, a calculator of how much energy you save by being vegan for one month and stuff like that. And how many
0: animals you save. Like, how many lives you
1: save. Yeah. I want to make sure there's a link to that in the
3: doobly-doo. Yeah, I'll send uh Nate the linkity link.
1: Cool, cool, cool.
0: I think it was interesting because based on what we were doing, it looked like we were saving about 30 animals over the course of the month. And the thing that I was thinking about is I cook all the time, and I am by far the person who cooks the majority of meals in this house. And the thing is, I know, Andy, you were talking about Caitlin isn't interested in becoming a vegan, and that's fine. But I'll bet you what Caitlin is interested in is eating dinner and not having to cook it. Yeah. And so what happened, I found in my house was, yes, I was the only one who went vegan, and every once in a while, I would make a little bit of meat for Sarah and Charlie. But for the most part, when I was cooking for them, I was cooking vegan and they were eating vegan. And I was just trying to make meals that they would think were interesting and good and that they, the first thing you thought about wasn't like, this is a vegan meal. Right. And so in my household, I would say I cut down on their meat consumption by half over the course of that month.
3: Well, and and the same with what Andy said about uh, having a, a person who eats meat in the house too. We we also do. My wife and I are vegan. Our um, two kids are vegan, um, which one is still just drinking milk. By milk, I mean human milk. Um, He's not drinking milk, but uh, but my mom. My mom. By uh, uh, by milk,
0: I
2: mean me.
3: I know. Listen, that's an internet consenting animal. It's fine. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you. We
2: we had this conversation before. It was about a Uh, different topic, but
3: but but yeah. Uh, my (laughs) mom eats meat, and she lives in the house. Um, but we don't have a lot of meat in the in the house. She has her, you know how there the little sub drawers in the refrigerator. The whole refrigerator except for one drawer is uh all vegan food but the one drawer has like her meat and, and dairy <laughs> stuff in it um which still isn't ideal like for us but it's less ideal for her to to feel like she doesn't have the freedom to do as she wants right
0: but i will also say she ends up eating vegan a lot because i found that while she does like to complain about not eating as much meat as she wants she, vastly she doesn't prefers like to cook not, at all yeah she vastly prefers not having to cook. And so whatever you guys make for her is what she mostly ends up eating.
2: 100%. Well, and I bet she's not she's not catching and field dressing any of that meat.
1: <laughs> I know that we are almost out of time, but there's one other piece of the 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 meat puzzle that we haven't gotten to that is super unbelievably relevant right now in 2020 which is that the meat industry is also a huge place where future diseases are going to come from. In fact, that's where coronavirus came from, possibly. And the bacteria growth and and, and, and antibiotic-resistant bacteria and virus growths in the animals on factory farms especially, but just in farming in general because of the the conditions – is a real problem and probably going to bite us in the ass again very soon.
3: Yeah, avocados don't cause pandemics. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right. What one of the big things about species to species transmission is the the way that a virus mutates is that like you usually get it from mm-hmm. another animal. If you look at like HIV AIDS came from monkeys if you look at covid as andy said it came from bats Um, sometimes it just takes like a small genetic change for a disease to move from like only being able to infect one species in order to be able to infect the human race and this is a fairly common thing to happen
1: Yes, it is, but when you factor in all of the antibiotics that we feed into these animals on the factory farms, and when you factor in the close quarters and unsanitary conditions that they live in, the bacteria and virus mutations happen faster and are more likely to produce an an antibiotic-resistant or antiviral-resistant strain that will be harder for us to defeat, and may well be more uh, more highly transmissible, as well as possibly more deadly. Like if you think about it,
3: fair enough. And don't forget to factor in
1: meat. Well, I, I just, I mean, it's if you think about like the coronavirus, it, I this is a. I'm I'm just gonna say something that's gonna kind of sound weird, but I'll explain it. Um, we kind of got lucky in that the coronavirus. It is pretty it's spread pretty easily, but in terms of like compared to other diseases and other viruses it's not as deadly as it could be. I mean it could easily have been ten times worse. We could have two million dead people, 250 million or whatever it is. Two and a half million dead people in America now, rather than 250,000, with, with just a slightly different mutation.
3: Along with all the other things you said to not forget to take into account, don't forget to take into account the fatigue of factory workers um, and the fact that they're cutting themselves more often and they're not being able to pay attention to. They just sped up the, the lines on the pork plants last year. Um, mm. so those
1: are not safe places.
3: Those to things all impact whether you can, whether you can cut out all of the tumors that you're giving animals or whether you're feeding those tumors directly to your consumers. Like there are a bunch of, there are a bunch of reasons uh, uh, along with like meat safety that like you really have to be able to spend a little bit of time with each unliving animal in order to cut out the infections that they have received while living in these harsh conditions and fed, you know, food that's not even food half the time.
2: I feel like there's a vegan metal song in there, like "Tumors to
1: Consumers." <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Um, I was just <laughs> Bye, <Michalica. laughs> Um I was just reading uh, about a about how, especially, I think it was in pork plants, pork processing plants, but um, uh, but. Meat processing plants where they're switching to new bacteria detecting techniques that are way more superficial, way less effective, and have produced way more tainted meat. To the point where workers are like striking and and speaking out.
3: Oh yeah, I mean, but like in secrecy, like in shadows.
1: <laughs> right, but but the thing is, I mean, well, the what the take it to the next level is the reason that they're doing this new technique is. Uh, solely to speed up production it is not because they thought yep. it would be a better it would be better at detecting or you know and prevent more illness no nah, it, it's just because they wanted to put more meat through the the plant
3: so meat can still be 99 cents mm-hmm. that's that's the moral of it is to keep it cheap so that you can keep consuming it at a rate of over three pounds a week andy like and you know it's the it's wild part perfect. about that It
1: uh, this this whole this whole thing has been a like you start pulling a thread and it just is coming unraveled and it just keeps coming and coming and coming the crazy thing the crazier part about the um you know that they're trying to keep the price of meat down so low is that you know we consume so damn much of it that it actually makes having a you know, a normal an average American diet more expensive at the grocery store than having a plant based diet. Because when you're doing a plant-based diet, you're just not doing that much fake meat stuff into it. You know? You're not replacing it one time. Absolutely. One.
0: I mean, this is why I'm so glad that these companies care so much for their workers.
1: Thank God for that, right? Like the
0: people at Tyson, the upper management, decided they cared about their workers so much that they decided to uh, take bets on how many of them would get COVID throughout the course of them having to work in unsafe conditions right next to each other. Uh, But it's it's, not
1: fair to expect every company to have that level of care for their employees. Absolutely.
0: Not every every company
1: is going to be
0: able to make these wagers on how, how many of their oh employees will die. Uh, it's really nice. So I'm sure that strike is going
1: to work real good. I'm about ready to rip my face off here.
6: Hey everybody. My name is Chris. Uh, I've been vegan for seven years and it's been 10 years since I've eaten meat. I originally stopped eating meat for health reasons. Uh, my grandfather died of colon cancer. My mother has ulcerative colitis, and my dad has type two diabetes. Um, when I stopped eating meat, uh, I feel like it really forced me to learn how to be a better cook. It taught me more about nutrition. It taught me more about the food I was eating in general. And then, all of a sudden, um, I, you know, when I learned about the animal welfare and cruelty and the environmental impacts of eating animal products. I decided to go vegan. Um, If I had to recommend a documentary, I would recommend Cowspiracy for the environmental impacts, and I would recommend Dominion for the animal welfare. Um, I'm vegan for the animals, the planet, and my health. Thank you.
2: Well, I think I think we are drawing to a close. did Did you guys have any more specific questions for Lexi? Lexi, did you have any questions for us?
3: No, I mean, I, I, I think I'm really excited that you guys did this. It was fun to have uh, the three Musca vegans um, as friends for, for a whole month. Um, and, and I intend to still torture you on that chain uh, of texting. And I don't know, it was just really fun. Nice. And I think it impacted you guys each in a different way.
1: I think there's a lot more possibilities of things to talk about in this vein. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I don't just say that in jest. <laughs> Get it in. Ingest. Ingest. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, uh.
0: We were talking about this a little bit, but I'd like to bring Lexi back for a food episode in the future. Maybe not just about veganism, but about food in general. And uh, maybe it would be great. We had talked about this to, to bring her into Cleveland and all eat at a restaurant together and have uh, some delicious vegan food.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, maybe when the plague is not, not upon us. Yes. I'm always
1: down to go out to eat because I am a porker. All anyway. right, <laughs> uh, listen, I, listen. I, if you have a beef with that I, joke, you can take it up with my lawyer. Nope. I'm just gonna.
0: I'm not even gonna try for transition. Precious moments. Precious moments. Before Andy can come up with any more puns.
1: Precious moments. Oh my God. Don't have a cow, man. Come on. <laughs> nope. <laughs>
0: It's not acceptable.
1: <laughs> One last Bart Simpson pun. <laughs> All right. So anyway,
0: uh precious moments, I guess. <laughs> Does anybody actually have any? Cuz uh Andy has uh stolen my will to live.
1: <laughs> I've got some super ones.
3: Uh, uh. all right uh that's Um,
1: the end of the episode i really need to come up with that phrase. (laughs) you all right i'm sorry i'm sorry for milking these puns a little um (laughs) almond milking
3: them just read them in wheat
1: all right oh oh my god yeah all right so um i do have some actual precious moments though um so the this is this is one of my favorite things that has happened all year Um, so the election wrapped up, uh, and, um, or it wrapped up to most people, one of whom was Arizona's Republican governor, who finally decided to, well, the the election results came in and he was on national TV certifying, signing the paperwork to certify that Trump, or sorry, that while Trump lost, and Biden won in the state of Arizona, while he was on national TV signing that certification, he receives a phone call. What you may or may not know about Republican Governor Doug Ducey is that he, in in a move to, to show loyalty to President Trump and Vice President Pence, he changed his ringtone for them in his phone to hail to the chief makes sense they're the president they're his president he's a republican blah 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 right so when they called he would know he wouldn't miss a beat he did this during the pandemic he specifically had a press conference about it so here he is sitting there signing the certification that donald trump lost in arizona and guess what ringtone starts playing from his cell phone (laughs)
6: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's called Hail to the Chief, I believe. Um. Anyway, yes, it was Hail to the Chief. It was Hail to the fucking Chief. The president was calling Doug Ducey as he signed the certification that Trump lost his state. And what does he do? He takes the phone out of his pocket and promptly silences it and continues signing. <laughs> The, and that was just a magical moment for me. I just really got a kick out of that one. That's my precious moment.
0: I wish we uh, we could nice. all send Trump directly to voicemail. <laughs> Who else has something?
1: Do one of you want to Get talk about how much money Trump is paying to lose over and over and over and over again?
0: That's pretty good. Um, <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm over that. Lexi, did you have something you wanted to talk about?
3: You know... I think it was fun to have vegan friends for a month. That's all. That's my precious moment. <laughs> that's that's a, that's a good. You guys You guys are all my precious
0: moments. I am happy to do a vegan week with you again. Maybe a a vegan weekend.
3: Okay.
0: Definitely a vegan meal. Couple <laughs> times.
3: <laughs> it'll it'll be like
2: vampire weekend except vegan <laughs> right. weekend.
3: Shark week without eating things. <laughs>
2: without the sharks. Um, so we, we played our, uh, D&D campaign to completion, um, that we had been working on for a couple of years now. All three of us were in this campaign, Andy, Nathan, myself, and then also our other two friends. And, um, so I had the, the pleasure of being disintegrated, (laughs) turned, turned into an actual pile of ash, which was a different experience for me. I hadn't done that before. Um, So that was fun. But we also wrapped up like this big, it was like a two-year-long campaign, um, and it was a total blast. Um, Our DM, Matt, did a phenomenal job. Absolutely. So it was just a really fun experience, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's sad to put it to a close, you know, um, to end that chapter, but I had a lot of fun doing it, so... That was my precious moment. No, that's and
0: your your character not only got disintegrated but went from full hit points to a pile of ash in one attack.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was just. I mean, these things it, happen. Yep, you know? wrong, Yeah,
0: wrong place, wrong time.
2: Well, yeah, that's exactly. Let yeah. me
0: go ahead and talk about. Uh, and I I know I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but I would like to talk about Joseph Sazier. I think I'm close enough. He is an authority in uh Hungary and mm. he is an anti-gay politician who has done everything he can over the course of his career to make things harder for uh gay
2: people in Hungary. Well fuck that guy. Don't don't bother pronouncing his name. Fair right. enough. You're right. Uh
0: but the <laughs> thing that happened to him uh last week, which I thought was pretty interesting, is uh, police were breaking up a Twenty-five man orgy and uh, caught uh, Joseph trying to climb out of a window, uh, naked as a jaybird. Oh, Joseph! Yeah, and I believe it was a. Uh, if I want to, if I want to be clear about what kind of orgy it was, I have seen the words "drug-fueled orgy" used several times. And what I like about this is it's sad that we live in a world where if you're an asshole and you want to do terrible things that you have to pretend that you're not a gay asshole who wants to do terrible things. Like you should be able to be who you are and be a terrible person at the same time. But (laughs) what is, uh, what is amazing to me is that he like wasn't caught like holding hands at a restaurant or something. He went from zero to Twenty-five man drug fueled orgy. <laughs> like he just went to the extreme, and well, I I salute him for it. I do. I right. And- <laughs> I would be
1: shocked if he if there, if this wasn't just a long hidden from view ramp. <laughs> it was sure.
0: Uh, it's it's probably all a misunderstanding. He was probably trying to hand out Bibles or something.
1: Right, right. Well, I listen. I, I mean, that that sort of Schadenfreude. Uh, is is amusing, but we are so, like, it's pretty much a monthly event that some anti-gay Republican gets caught being gay. And, it, it, like, in America, like, because they are so, whatever it is they are about it, I uh, we see this all the time. Bigoted? Well, like, yes, but, like, it just is a very common occurrence here in America that the most outspoken the most bigoted the most anti-gay politicians are often masking covering up some sort of gay tendency that and like caught in the like most like extreme circumstances because they're trying
0: to do everything they can to like hide
1: who they are right I mean, think back to when the Republican Convention was here in Cleveland. Didn't you say like there was a whole thing about how there's um, there's two things the, that the I love porn searches surge. Right. There's two things were. I love about
0: that. There were many, many uh gay prostitutes that flew into Cleveland just for the Republican convention <laughs> because there was more work that could be done by the <laughs> by the gay prostitutes. The normal Cleveland
2: here. gay prostitution Right, they and had and to call the, in the one, Backups.
0: <laughs> right, and the second one was a uh, Pornhub tracks that kind of stuff. Yeah. And they um, tracked uh, gay searches for gay porn went up by like two thousand percent when the Republicans came to like, town.
1: I I just I mean I I I, I love seeing assholes get their comeuppance. And I also I do <laughs> to a certain said. extent I <laughs> get it assholes come up and that's nope. a gay joke apparently no.
0: Nope. <laughs> It's not okay.
1: <laughs> Sorry. I, I only thought of it after I said it, but. <laughs> Anyways. So, um, I will say I do love that it, it's happening in other countries. Well, here's what I love I love
0: needing to come up with a catchphrase. Uh,
1: hopefully, we gave you guys something to chew over this week.
0: No, stop it.
1: Love you. Bye. Ah, bye. Bye. <laughs>
0: Bye, Lexi. Bye. Bye. Yeah,
1: thanks for coming on. Bye. Bye. Appreciate
3: hey. you. Thanks for having
1: me. Hey. Oh, there's a.
3: Okay, that's
1: lucky. Alrighty. <laughs> I'll all I All
3: righty. will talk right. to you later then. All right. I'm turning my eye <laughs> out. <up. guys. laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Hi, little Frankie. Say hi, Uncle Nathan. Bye, Uncle Nathan. All right, scram.